0: of life and what's going on in our life on a daily basis. And one of the easiest ways for those burdens to be lifted where we're not carrying this weight of things in our life going on is to worship God. It's something about worshiping God for just who He is and not for just what He's always doing for us. Because He's always going to be faithful. He's always going to see us through. He's always going to walk us through that valley and He's always going to bring us through those temptations and He's always going to get us through. But it's something about just worshiping God for who He is. Just for worshiping Him just because, he's, just because He's God, just because He's sovereign, just because there's no one like Him in our life. And I want us to close our eyes and I want us to, to get our eyes off of everything that we got going on in our life right now. And I want us all just to lift our hands up and I want us to sing this with, with them again. That we're worshiping you, God, this morning just because you're God. Just because you're God, Father.
1: Just because,
0: because you're, you're God,
1: God, I want to worship God. You.
0: Just, just because, because you're God, God I want I to praise you. Anything you God, thank you, Lord. Victories you've won. I come today. Just to worship you. Just because you're God. Come on, church. Let's sing it again. Just because you're God. I want to worship you. Oh, it's beautiful. Just because you're God. I want to praise your name. For the victories you've won I want to worship you Just because you're God Hallelujah, Hallelujah. let's sing it one more time God on the mountain God on the sea God of creation Does it for me God of the God when I'm strong God in my heart And I worship you just because you're God worship you just because Hallelujah And I worship you Oh, hallelujah And I worship you just because you're God Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Grab your neighbor by the hand. And we've got some people that are out sick this morning. Uh, Jim and Betty. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give the Lord another hand. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you glad your sins are forgiven? Yes. How many of your hope is in Jesus this morning? You know, we. how many of you tried to, like myself, you've tried to put your hope in other things, but you're realizing now that your only hope that you really have is in Jesus Christ. If you've tried a lot of other things, you've done a lot of other things, and every one of them failed you, right? Every one of them. But we have that hope in Jesus Christ. There's no greater hope than the hope in Jesus Christ. I'm glad I'm saved, born again. I'm glad, Brother Mark, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad that I am on my way to heaven. Can you say amen? Let's sing that one more time. Hallelujah. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Give the Lord a hand this morning, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. huh, oh, yes ma'am, amen,
1: amen,
0: amen, man.
1: Amen. And you know, God hears the prayers of His people. Yes. We're blessed to have our pastor, and Sister King. We're blessed to have this yes, church yes, to come yes. to each Sunday. God gave us good weather to come today, right. and I'm so glad for my Sunday school class. Let me tell you something: the Holy Spirit is in our Sunday school class. Amen. God Amen. I thank you for that today. Amen.
0: And I thank you
1: for my family, my grandchildren.
0: And you will be gone four years Wednesday, And
1: mm. long time. And you know, one day I'm gonna lay down beside him. And he's gonna take me by the head and he said, Oh, you're watching over you all this way
0: Amen, let's give Sister, amen, hallelujah, Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength Sister Betty has the joy of the Lord in her heart, amen, thank you Sister Betty, praise the Lord, hallelujah, nothing like the joy of the Lord church, amen, hallelujah, I think we all miss Junior around here, don't we? He was a blessing to our church. He was from West Virginia, and I, would, I was always uh picking on him and kidding him about West Virginia. He loved the West Virginia football team and we miss him. We miss him around here. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. This morning I want to talk about encountering God. Encountering God. We, uh, we all need an encounter with God. Amen. Now if we're not careful, we look at uh, the encounter we had back then. How many of you know that when you give your heart and life to the Lord that you had an encounter with God? How many of you, can you remember the day that you gave your heart and life to the Lord? How many can remember that day? How many remember the day that you give your life to Christ and you truly had an encounter with God? Yeah, truly had an encounter with God. Well this morning I want to talk about having an encounter with God. And just because you had an encounter with God and gave your heart and life to the Lord, God wants you to continually have encounters with him. Has encounters with him. But we live in a culture and we live in a we live in a day, we live in a time period where when you talk about encounters of God, people kind of think of uh Spooky stuff had happened, and something, something kind of crazy happening. Something spooky in the church happening. Well, I don't really need. I was thinking about this week. I really don't need um, uh, encounter with a, a a preacher. I don't need an encounter with another church service. I don't need an encounter with another um, Christian. I don't need the encounter with another. Worship song. I, I don't need an encounter thinking about the last ex- Christian experience or great experience, excuse me, that I that I had back then. I need a true encounter with God today in my own life. We all need a fresh encounter of a God. So today we're gonna look at, we're gonna look at an old prophet in the word of God. And this prophet truly had an encounter with God. And how many of you will say with me this morning, Pastor, with everything that I've been going through, with everything that's crowded up my life or has come against my life, and how many of you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've got some stuff going on in my life right now. Come on. No matter who you are, you got things that you may be wrestling with, you may be going through in your life uh, this morning. Uh, it doesn't matter how old, how how young you're dealing with stuff in your in your life. You're dealing with stuff in your life, and so this morning I want to talk about having a true encounter with with God. Isaiah, the old prophet Isaiah, talked about this great encounter that he had with. God And, as we look in the book of Isaiah, we'll see that there is a pattern not only to isaiah's life, but there were patterns the same pattern in the Old Testament and in the New Testament of ones that had a true encounter with god there was a there were patterns you know we talk about speech patterns and leadership patterns and even behavior patterns in Ladies, spending patterns, and we talk about all kinds of different patterns, but well, we're going to look today at, there was a pattern in the book of Isaiah of a pattern of people that truly has encounters with uh, God. Isaiah chapter 61 and 1 through 3, and we're going to, I'm actually going to give you three encounters that I believe that when we have encounters with God, we'll truly know that we've had an encounter with him. And these three things will be in your life when you have an encounter with God. Isaiah chapter 6 and 1 through 3, and this is actually in the past, uh, Passion translation. It said, in the year that King Uzziah died. Let me stop right there. There is some things that have to die in our life before we truly can have an encounter with God, he said. Isaiah said, "I saw the Lord." How many of you want to? How many of you truly want an encounter with God? Because when you have an encounter with God, you're going to truly have an encounter with the Master. He said, and Isaiah says, "I clearly saw the Lord." And now Isaiah's getting ready to talk about the splendor and the glory and the power of God. Isaiah said. He was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me. His long flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. Meaning Isaiah realized that God was so much bigger than he was. Verse 2, standing above him were angels of flaming fire each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face in reverence. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they fled. And one called out to another saying, listen to this amazing picture that Isaiah is getting when he has an encounter with God. These angels are flying back and forth and listen to their words. They're saying, Holy, Holy Holy is the Lord God, commander of all angel armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Let's say that together. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Isaiah said that I had such an encounter with God that I'll never forget it. When you truly have an encounter with God, you will never forget it. When God truly comes in and touches your life in such a way, you'll never forget it. How many want that type of encounter? I'm going to give you three things that shows that Isaiah had an encounter with God. The number one thing is... That God wants to reveal himself to us. God wants, God desires, God longs to reveal himself to you and I. God longs, God wants, God desires to reveal himself to you and I. But you know what? We got to want God to reveal himself to us just as much as God wants to reveal himself I've got to want him to reveal himself to me how many of you want God to reveal himself to you this morning you want God to reveal himself to you God wants to reveal himself to you he wants to reveal his love to you like you've never experienced his presence to you like you've never felt. His power to you like you've, ne- you've never seen. His promise to you like he's never like you've never walked into. I love this. I wrote five or six things down. The woman at the well had an encounter with God and her sins were forgiven. The woman with the issue of blood had an encounter with God and she was healed with that compassion encounter. The man that killed a man that had Christians killed called Paul had an encounter with God, and his life was radically changed. That's mercy's encounter. The man Peter that had lied, cheated, and cursed all the time had such an encounter with God. Later gave his life to God, and his life was full of of grace, and that's grace encounter. The man Moses had an encounter with God and marched the children of Israel across the Red Sea. That is leadership encounter. The man Moses had an encounter, Joshua had an encounter with God and marched the children of Israel across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And that was an encounter with God. And the 120 was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And they had an encounter with God, and it birthed the early church. Because they, 120, had an encounter with God. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Why? Because Isaiah wanted an encounter with God. Church, we have to, we have to hunger And thirst for his presence. We have to want encounter with God. And I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God right now. But I I know for myself that only Jesus will do anymore in my life. Only Jesus will do in my life anymore. And I need a true, continually encounter with God. The second thing I see that, uh, that was in Isaiah's life, that when he encountered God, that would we'll give you an indication that you've had an encounter with God. Isaiah said, God wants to cleanse me and God wants to change me. God wants to cleanse me and then God wants to change me. When I have a true encounter with God, I'm going to experience God challenging me to cleanse my life and to change my life. We want people to come in church and we want to change them. We can't change anybody. We we can't change anybody. We want to clean them up as soon as they come in the door. But only God and through the Holy Spirit can change them. We can't change them, but we want them to have an encounter with God. Isaiah needed a new fresh encounter with God because of his unrighteousness. Isaiah needed a transformation in his life because of his unclean lips. Isaiah needed a change in his life because he had some broken pieces. Isaiah needed forgiveness in his life because of his sinfulness. We know we need a true encounter with God when our life starts to spiritually be sloppy. We know that we need a true encounter with God when our life starts to become spiritually sloppy. We want to start asking ourselves, am I living a clean life before God? We start allowing things of this world... To attach themselves to us. We allow our church attendance. Not to matter much anymore. And we start to spiritually. Drift away. From God. We start to allow ourselves to. Spiritually. Drift away. From God. We start allowing. Things in our life that we never allowed when we first gave our heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we first got saved and we truly encountered God, there was something that inside of us, through the Holy Spirit, we were sensitive to things that God was sensitive to. Oh, I'm, it's getting very quiet in here now. I, I, I hit a spiritual bone there, okay? We allow things in our life now that we once would never allow in our life. We start watching things, doing things, saying things, going places, allowing things to happen in our life, and we start to become spiritually sloppy. Where when we once got saved and was walking with God, we were spiritually sensitive to the Spirit of God and God doing a work to cleanse our life and make us sanctified through the working and power of the Spirit of God. And when Isaiah had a true encounter with God, listen to his words. Isaiah 6, 4 through 7, And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke, and he said, listen to Isaiah, as he has this true encounter with God. He says, woe is me, for I am lost. When you truly have an encounter with God, you will be very sensitive to sin that may be in your life. You need to write that down. When you truly have an encounter with God, you will be sensitive to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life and he says woe is me for i am lost when he realized how big god was and he says for i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts god had revealed to him god had revealed to him brothers and sisters when he truly had an encounter with God, God revealed to him the sin that was in his life and the things that God was unpleased with that Isaiah the prophet had in his life. Let me ask you this question. Are you really ready for God to reveal to you Things in your life that he is not pleased with. Wow. I am. Because I want to truly have an encounter with God. God, what is it in my life that you're not pleased with? The Bible says, and then, verse 6, Then flew one of the sheriffs, the angel, to me, having his hand at a burning coal which he has taken from the tongues, from the altar. And he touched my lips and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins forever. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad that your sins are forgiven forever? And forever and forever. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and your sins are being covered by the blood. But when he truly had an encounter with God, He realized, you know what? I got things in my life, God, that you're not pleased with. Church, let me say this. How much longer is some of us going to play around with our life? How much longer are we going to just Think it's okay? How much longer are we going to allow things in our life that that God is? Come on, church! That God is not pleased with. See, we don't like to hear much of this because it really hits the spiritual bone. But if I go to the doctor. And I got something really wrong with me. And I got to have an operation. I want the doctor. I don't like being cut on. I don't want to be cut on. And I don't want to lay in that hospital. But with the doctor cutting on me. And the doctor getting that out of me. And I'm able to heal up. Thank God for the doctor. And this is a little hard this morning church. But I want to ask you, how much longer are some of us just going to play around with our life? Jesus Christ is coming soon, and he's coming very soon. And God wants this church, this holy church, bought with a price. He wants it to wake up and realize, you know what, i got things in my life that need to change i got things in my life that God needs to purify and clean and bring out. And when I truly have an encounter with God, Brother Wayne, I'm going to realize, God, you know what? I am unclean. i got things in my life, Brother Roy, that God is not pleased with. And, God, I want you to convict me to get it out of my life. God, if you're not pleased with it, I want you to take it out of my life. I want you to ask God, all of us, this week, God, if you're not pleased with it, I want you to take it out of my life. Tommy Tenney writes, the path to the glory of God is where he takes us right up to the, listen, right up to the altar, where we must lay everything down and we must die. If you ever get hungry for God and you are a pursuit of Him, he will do things for you that he won't do for other people. But you got to die on the altar of self. Wow. Everything that God does when you pursue his glory, when you hunger and thirst again for him, every first, the very first thing he does, the very first thing he does, if you want to encounter with God the very first thing he does is ask you to build an altar to self. To say, I've got to die on this altar of self. And what I, what I want, and what I desire, and what I have in my life, God, I want what you want in my life, not what I got in my life. I want what you want in my life, God. I want an encounter with you. I think it was thinking this week about Moses and the burning bush and how God showed up in the life of Moses in that burning bush. And you remember what God told Moses as soon as he experienced the burning bush? What did he tell? Listen, let me set this up. Moses had an experience with God with the burning bush in the book of Exodus. And he had this, he had this experience with God. And the very first thing that God told him was, Take off your shoes, Moses, for you're standing on holy ground. Now, do you think God just told him to take his shoes off because he didn't want his shoes on? No, it's a biblical principle there. That Moses had walked and walked and his shoes were filthy dirty. And the biblical principle of that is that if we're going to get before a holy God and we're going to experience a holy God, then we're going to have to clean some things up in our life. We're going to have to make an altar and clean some things up in our life. Just like Moses, he said, take off your shoes for you are on holy ground you holy ground. I want to walk with God, church. How many of you want to walk with God? How many of you need to walk with God this morning? The third thing is, when you have truly an encounter with God, that you will truly have a heart for the lost. You truly will have a heart for the, the lost. You truly will have a heart for the, the broken and the hurting. Do truly I have a heart to reach the lost for Christ. There is nothing any greater than seeing someone that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior to come to the Lord. There's no greater experience than you winning somebody to Christ. There's no greater joy than you winning someone to Christ. Isaiah had this experience, and this is what he said, this is what the Bible, this is what the Bible says. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, after he revealed himself to Isaiah, after he cleansed Isaiah, here was the question. He revealed himself to Isaiah, and then he cleansed Isaiah, and this is what He told Isaiah to do. Then he heard a voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send? God is saying, I got something for you to do, Isaiah. I got a work for you to do, Isaiah. I got something I want you to do, Isaiah. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a calling on your life this morning. Every one of us. And every one of us has something that God wants each and every one of us to do. Every one of us. So God asked Isaiah, Whom shall I send? And after Isaiah had this great encounter with God, Isaiah is at the point then that he says, God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do. Wow. You know what we need a lot in the church house? We're trying to prong and we got a lot of workers here and thank God for all of our volunteers. We're getting ready to have a volunteer Uh, dinner for all of them appreciation but you know what we really need to have in the church house is an encounter with God you try to prong people work on people pull people to help to do this for God and that for God and I ain't never heard of so many excuses in all my life but I'll tell you when you truly have an encounter with God you're going to want to do what God asked you to do come on You're going to truly want to serve God. You're going to say, God, here I am, send me. God, here I am. Whatever you want, God, I'll do. After Isaiah had a true encounter with God, a true encounter, I'm talking about a I'm not talking about just walking to the altar and having a little tear and walking out and forgetting that you, God touched you. I'm talking about a true encounter with God. When you have a true encounter with God, God has got an assignment for you to do. Amen? He's got, a, he's got an assignment for you, and he's got an assignment for me. And Isaiah says, here I am. And he said, go tell the people. That they have a hearing ear and never understanding. And they see, but they're never seeing. When you truly have an encounter with God, listen to this. When you truly have an encounter with God, you are going to want to be a part of reaching your community for God. When you truly have an encounter with God, you truly are going to have a heart to reach this community. Church, this community is dying. Let's let's say it together: is dying, going to hell. Come come on. There's drugs rapid through this city now. We never thought in Stanton, Virginia, things would be going on like they're going. As I talked a little bit last week, we had undercover. Drug agents up here on our par- parking lot camped out for, I don't know, a half an hour or more. Did a raid up here above a church here. They just arrested a young man out here on our parking lot, handcuffed him the other day. Our neighborhood needs God. Look at all the single moms that are being abused and things that's happened in their life. Look at all the single dads. Look at the drugs. Look at the look at the pornography that's just rampant. Look at church, look at how the enemy is ripping and tearing families apart. Brother against brother. The Bible says in the last days, brother will be against brother. Sister against sister. Families are just being ripped apart. Talking to each other like they shouldn't be talking to each other. Doing things to each other like they shouldn't be doing. No respect for moms anymore. Come on now, church. No respect for moms anymore. No respect for dads anymore. Kids, older kids my age, talking to their older mom and dad like they don't have any sense. My dad would have knocked my teeth out. I got my my cousins here. My uncle would have knocked my cousin's kids' teeth, uh, teeth out talking like kids talk to their parents anymore. What's going on? Hell, the enemy had, listen, the enemy has set up camp in Stanton. Oh, well, I don't know, Pastor. Look at what's going on. Look how the enemy is just ripping people's lives apart. We have the answer. Jesus is the way. We can, we can help put families back together, church. We can help the drug addict. We can help the single mom and dad. We can reach out to these kids like we're reaching out to them and feeding them every Sunday morning. But that's just a brink of what God wants to do. That's just a little bit of Sister Tina. Of what God wants to do. In this community. But it's going to take you. And it's going to take me. It's going to take the people of this church. To reach out to the lost and dying. And the are hurting. And I don't know if you know it. But church my heart is beating hard this morning. People are dying. And they're going to hell. And people are hurting. Their families are crushed. They need Jesus. And God is asking you and I. Will you go for me? Will you, will you just be my witness at the plant you work at? Will you just be my witness with that person you work beside? Will you just be my witness at the local gas station, at the local marketplace? How many of you got lost friends? How many of you got lost family? How many that they need the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? Do you know a lot of times they're just not going to walk through the door? They need you and I to invest in them and invite them and to love on them and to care for them and to let them know about Jesus. You know what a clean up all of this? Jesus. You know, isn't it? Isn't it sad? I, I look at some of the young people now, and they—they they just look like they have no hope at all. So many of them, Sister Tina, come from broke. So many broken homes. They don't have dads anymore. It's walked out on them. Moms just walked out on them. They're broken, church. I'm not here to bring a guilt trip, but I'm here to ask us. Do we love this younger generation enough to invest our time? To invest our money? To invest in their life? Somebody invested in you. Some preacher some uncle, some granddaddy, some grandma, some mother, some dad, prayed for you. And you're here because somebody cared for you. I'm asking, all I'm asking this morning is for us to really start seeking God, to have an encounter with God where we can care like we've never cared before. Like we care for this community like we've never cared for this community before. That we care for these children like we've never cared for these children before. That we're putting time, we're putting money, we're putting resources into their life to see them come to Christ. I'm going to close with this. I had a had a principal of a school that looked me right in the eye not long ago. He said, Preacher, Kids these days don't have to go search for evil. The principal looked me in the eyes and said, Preacher, evil is searching them out now. How many remember some of some of you my age and maybe a little younger and a little older? You went out and got in a lot of trouble. How many of you know that? Come on, come on. Oh, holier now, come on, some of you, come on, my age, you're a little bit younger. You went out and got in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Did a lot of things mom and dad didn't know you were doing. Sneaking around doing it. You had to intentionally go get in trouble. Now, trouble's finding just walking up to them and finding them. Will you pledge to me that you will pray for our community? And you, we we got, what, six or seven weeks that we're going to be in Easter. This, this time is flying. Will you promise me for the next, next six or seven weeks that you will pray that God will lay someone on your heart and you will bring one lost person Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, to church? Will you commit to that, just one? you got seven weeks to work on one person to bring them to the house of God. Where we will have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Take someone by the, by the hand this morning and Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, this morning. Father, we don't want to get off of our mission. God, you have you want us to be Holy Spirit in power to reach people with Jesus Christ. God, our personal testimony. God, you want want us to be a part of a church that, that we bring people to God and they find freedom. And God, they discover your purpose. And God, we don't have to do this alone. Because we're empowered by you through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. I want us, before we, before we leave this morning, I want us just to do a new consecration to the Lord this morning. Honey, if you could raise your I want us to do a new consecration to the Lord this morning. Before I pray a final prayer, I, I, I want you just to pray in your own way. Lord, cleanse us this morning. Lord, touch us this morning. Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, to, to cleanse our cleanse our heart this morning. Touch us this morning, God. Lord, we need you to take a look at our heart. And we're asking you, God, this morning to. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse our heart this morning. And then, God, we're asking you to, God, that you will send us out. Will you please deal with each one of our hearts this morning? God, What are who is that, just that one person this week that you want us to start talking to? Who is that one person that don't know Jesus? Who is that one person, maybe at the gas station, maybe on the assembly line at work, maybe God, uh, God maybe at the, at the golf course, maybe God on the basketball court. I don't know where it is, but somebody, but one of our family members that don't know Christ. God, I'm asking you to lay them on our heart this morning. And God, I'm asking you to use us as your example. God, use us at Calvary Assembly to reach out in this community like we've never reached before, Father. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.